Hi guys, welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. Uh, today's podcast is going to basically be on in-play trading and uh, 10 ways I use in-play stats when trading on Betfair. Obviously these are quite personal to my style of trading. However, I do feel that like with pre-match trading, if you ignore in-play trading, you're ignoring a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to Betfair trading. Um, so, you know, especially on a sport like football, which I trade predominantly, um, and today's obviously angle will be more geared towards football, although a lot of it can still be applied to other sports. So, I've been talking a bit about a holy trinity of Betfair trading. Now, this is my idea that there's kind of almost three uh, portions to the Triforce, if you will. Uh, that I use for Betfair trading, I think are essential for every trade you place. Um, so the first kind of cornerstone of that is proper pre-match research. Now, I've done a podcast on that. That's the one before this. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. The second thing which I'm going to talk about today is in-play stats and the eye test. Um, now, by eye test, I'm talking about watching the game, using what you see to your advantage. And then the third one is including motivating factors and situational advantages. Now, today, obviously, as I've said, I'm going to be focusing on the in-play stats and the eye test. And I'm going to go through 10 ways I use in-play stats. But first of all, what I want to talk about a little bit is why I use in-play stats. Because as obvious as it seems to some people, as obvious as it seems to me, I know there's still a kind of fraction of you out there who don't like to use in-play stats. Well, for me, in-play statistics are a great measure for finding out how a match is being played out. There are a few key metrics we can use in play. I'll go through these later. And we also have the luxury of being able to watch the action in a match before entering a trade. In-play stats are best used as a complement to your pre-match research to either confirm your potential trade or help you steer clear of one that the action is not reflecting your original analysis of the trade. So I often talk about pre-match and in-play stats as partners. You want both to be working together cohesively for you. That way you can be confident that the trade you make is indeed the correct opportunity. So what four in-play stats do I look for when trading goals and why? Um, now, I'll generally use Bet365 for this. Very easy to look at their in-play stats. I really like the interface of those. I usually look for goals to be scored. So bear in mind these stats will relate to that. If you're an unders backer, I guess one of the simplest things to do is just do the opposite. Look for the opposite stat of what I'm about to read out. Because of course, if you're an unders backer, you want less action. You want a quiet game. You don't want to see many shots. Um, so, so the first in play stat I always look for is shots on target. Okay, I want to see action. I want to see that the team has had some chances. I would weigh this stat very highly compared with the others. Okay, the second one is, I want shots off target. 
Okay, now as much as I mean, some people really belittle shots off targets if they're nothing, but I don't agree with that. I think if teams are having a go, um, a lot of the time it shows that there is action and intent, especially if that's backed up with shots on target as well, or lots of shots off target. Um, whilst I do not rate these as highly as shots on target, they are important. Shots off target show willingness to shoot and that chances are being created. The next stat to check is corners. Now, we want some corners as they reflect that there have been chances with either the keeper saving the ball or defender making a last-ditch clearance. The final stat I look at is dangerous attacks. Whilst this is not as essential, I do like to see that a high amount of dangerous attacks have happened, especially in relation to the attacks metric on Bet365. Now we can see the two so it's quite handy. If there's a lot of attacks and almost an equal amount of dangerous attacks or say it's above say 66% something like that we know this is a really attacking game. So I'm going to talk a little bit next about the match odds market because I know not everyone trades goals. So what in play stats do I look for in the match odds market? Backing a team or laying the other team? Now, I want the team I'm wishing to win to be dominating the match. They should have had the majority or vast majority of the attacks. So the team you want to win needs to be the one on the front foot, having the shots, having the attacks, um, and you know, ideally as well, having more corners. The final thing on this is they should also, and this is kind of the seventh point of the 10 things I look for here, they should also have the most possession the two teams so you want a team that's having the ball that's pressing on to try and score so finally there is one more type of data I like to use and it is the eye test okay watching a match you're trading is ideal for seeing whether the opportunity is clear the most important thing to watch is whether there are any clear red flags in the match that mean we should not trade it for example if I want to back goals but neither team is getting past their own halfway line, then that is a big red flag. I should not be trading that game. So watch for events that can have an impact on game flow. When I talk about game flow, I'm talking about the way a match is shaping up. So if it's an open game and then there's suddenly a substitution or a red card, that could drastically change the flow of the game. It might slow the game down. It could even raise the tempo more. Um, so that's really important to watch for that game flow. And finally, the 10th point, and kind of similar in a way, watch for momentum. Has one team suddenly got the upper hand? And is it obvious? You know, we can keep a check on things like this um, because you don't want to be entering when the team you're about to pose or lay uh, is well on top of the game. Do you? I mean, that is that is such a uh, a really key thing to avoid. So here I've given 10 steps and briefly explained them. The truth is most of these steps, again, take less than a minute of research and won't take you long to do. You will see the benefit of them when you're able to filter out potential trap games that may have caught you out had you not properly prepared that day. Now, this is again another thing where I say that preparation is so important. Um, and the other thing I will say kind of as well on this, and I, and I want to get into this stuff a little bit more here, is 
just because everything's on your side and you've entered a trade in the right way does not mean every trade will win, right? No matter how good you are, you will still have bad runs. You will still have days where you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have even bothered turning the computer on today, right? The trick is that you want those days to last maybe one or two days a week, but the winning days to last maybe five days of the week, so that you've kind of got that five to two, maybe four to two ratio if you have a day off. Um, you know, so that's something for me that is that is really clear. Uh, however, obviously, you're going to have good runs with this as well. And, and on the flip side of that, when you do hit a good run, you don't want to kind of end up in overconfidence um, jumping on anything you see so there really is a balance to be had here with trading and I think um, one of those things comes down to to kind of ego um, you know I've seen a lot of very egotistical people in trading and in my experience they come and go very quickly it's the people who just get their head down who work hard who actually a lot of times, especially on BetfairTraderCommunity.com, just work with each other, help each other. In turn, they get more help from other people. They're the ones who really, I think, thrive in a trading environment. Um, so, you know, try and check pride at the door as much as possible when you enter the, the world of Betfair. Um, because Betfair trading doesn't care much for pride. Um, so, again, and I think that's one of the things where, and the reason I talk about this, you might kind of think, well, why on earth is he now talking about that? is because I think one of the reasons people skip all this data or they don't use in-play trading stats or they don't do the proper pre-match research, there's kind of two reasons. I think the first one is laziness, right? I think it's easier not to do it so people don't want to do it. Well, if, if everything was easy in life, I mean, there's that saying, isn't there? It wouldn't be worth having. And, and there's some truth to that. You know, um, things that maybe you cherish so much as a kid, you wouldn't cherish as much now that you can actually afford to buy them yourself. Things things like that, they can change. Um, so one of the things that's so clear with all of this stuff is that the more due diligence you do, the better your trading will end up. It might take time. It is a process. And remember, trading isn't a one-week you know, exercise. You've got to look at things over a longer period. So I think one of the things that, that, that I can find quite upsetting, and not so much for me because whether people give trading a go or not, you know, it doesn't really affect my trading. I know I'll always be all right. You know, I've got that. I've got that. But I think what really saddens me more is, is when members don't give it enough of a chance or they hit a bad run. And the first bad run or the first pullback they get, you know, they have enough and they go. And I think you see some really good traders go by the wayside. And then on the, but I suppose the positive is on the flip side of that, you get some traders who start that way and, and they feel like they're never getting anywhere. Then, you know, they kind of have that light bulb moment. Maybe it's the discipline. They sort out their discipline or they leave their pride at the door. Or they actually get their head down and work hard. And then you see as these traders just get better and better and better. Um, and it's just such a fantastic thing to witness. Um, but the whole thing of this is, if you don't have all these factors on your side, you really don't want to be trading in these situations. Um, so I know this is quite a, this is a bit of a shorter podcast this time, but hopefully it's still just as useful to you. 
as ever, any questions just get back to me. Email me info at betfairtradingcommunity.com. Although, obviously, if you're on our forum, just get on there and get in your private coaching thread and I can talk to you one-on-one. We can really work with you. Um, it's so good. I mean, so many people use that service and it's brilliant. Um, and actually, what I've noticed is a lot of the people who've struggled who've joined BTC recently, um, even if it's after two or three months, they often... I think every time it's it's been people who haven't bothered using the private coaching feature, which to me is crazy because uh, you know it doesn't cost any extra, um, you know, and uh, basically you're missing out on one of the most valuable things of the membership um, that it could we could easily charge extra for it and people would pay it, but it's it's just something we do to give back. Um, so yeah, if you are having any problems or anything like that, just get in touch with us on the private coach and we can work with you one to one and really help improve your trading. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Again, another podcast from BetfairTraderCommunity.com. Head over to the site, log in, get involved. Uh, we love hearing from you. We love learning from you. You know, we learn from you as well. It's not just a one-way street at BTC. And of course, as a community, that's what we're all about. So thanks for listening, guys, and I'll be back with another podcast soon.